Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Four Guys in a Comic, and the rest of the guys aren't here. It's me, Rusty, Alex, whatever you want to call me, and I'm here alone because we've all been uh, involved in a few things, been real busy lately. Um, I got married. Isn't that crazy? Super crazy. Well, anyways, I'm back. Um, four guys are gone right now. Um, Tap, Red, and Nova will be uh, back next Sunday. Um, but I just wanted to give y'all a little heads up of what's going on. Uh, Nova's birthday is today, so if you're listening to this today, tell Nova happy birthday. Um, also, you know, there's been a bunch of cool things going on in comics and whatnot. Um, I'm still reading my horror comics. Taps, uh, jumping around. He's obsessed with Punisher right now. Um, Nova's been MIA. He's been working a lot. And then Red Skull, well... You know him. He's like on the uh, the trend train. He want, he just bought all the uh, lenticular covers for Marvel that have come out. I think there's eight issues total. And um, he did some videos for it. He did some Twitter stuff. You can check it out on YouTube or our Twitter at 4GuysInAComic. Um, and yeah, give us a follow. Uh, give us a like. Whatever. We're around. All right. Well, we're just going to jump right into this today. And, um, but I wanted to give y'all a real quick heads up that we'll be back next Sunday. And, um, I hope you enjoy this interview with, um, uh, a super special guest. Welcome to the interview portion of Four Guys in a Comic, and today we're excited to have Wes Locker on the show. Wes, how are you doing today? Hey, how is it going? Going great. So for those that aren't familiar with your work, maybe you can tell us a little bit about it yourself. Yeah, uh, at the moment, uh, the big news is that uh, I have a graphic novel out called Unit 44, which is the uh, the story of inept Area 51 employees who forget to pay the rent on their storage unit, and the secret contents are sold at public auction. So that's out right now from Alterna Comics. So I've been kind of running the gauntlet, telling everybody I can about the book, and shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah, actually, I, I have it in my hand right now. It is a great read. Um Maybe tell us a little bit how you came up with this idea with uh, Agent Hatch and Gibson and the story idea and everything behind sure, it. Sure, sure. Well, well, growing up, I'd always been a big fan of you know anything that was kind of mysterious, like UFOs were kind of my jam. So um, once I started doing the comic book thing, like I kind of had that in the back of my head. Like I always, I want to do a story that focuses on Area 51 and UFOs and government conspiracies, and I never really knew how to bring it together. I thought it was going to be you know this this huge dramatic thing and it, and it ended up being a comedy and that didn't make sense at the time but what happened was is that one night um after work i sat down with my wife and we cranked on the hulu and turned on a show called storage wars where it's a it's a reality show for the uneducated it's about um uh, a group of auctioneers who who sell unpaid storage units and then people buy them and attempt to turn around the contents for a profit, but they usually can't really see what's inside first. Mm-hmm. So as this show is playing, we're getting about 15, 20 minutes in, and I'm just you know thinking to myself, you know, well, w- what if somebody bought a storage unit and then like inside they actually discovered you know who killed JFK? You know, the the truth was in there, and so immediately kind of those two ideas melded together. Um, I turned off the tv i went into the other room and started writing it i don't think i ever actually finished that episode of storage wars but i plan to go back to it one day 
Um, and, and that was kind of it. That's really all that I needed. And, and with those simple kernels kind of coming together, I was off to the races. And and some of my friends at the time who I like to run ideas past, um, you know, they said, well, you know, I don't think that that's really that good of an idea for a book. So now that I can hold the, the paperback in my hand, I can kind of say, well, I told you so. Yeah. And that's been the most gratifying part of the entire process for me. <laughs> the I told you so part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. The rest of it is insignificant. It's all about the I told you so. Hey man, I think I think it's a great idea. I know most of most of the books that I've usually fallen in love with have these like just crazy twists on something that I mean most of us ideas that we all take for granted. So I'm I'm glad it worked out. Well, thanks so much. I, I grew up with comic books that were a little bit left of center. You know, I always gravitated more towards uh, the black and white indie comics that my shop would stock on the shelves. And and once I kind of discovered that, um, it, it really sucked me in. And so it's always been my goal as a writer to do something that that you aren't going to find in, in the Marvel world, the DC world. You know, I, I think that as a creator, uh, whether you're doing comic books, novels, movies, podcasts, you know, you need to make something that's uniquely yours that nobody else is going to be able to do. So that was one of the big missions that myself and the series artist, um, Ed Jimenez, we really set out to make something that nobody else could have done. So now, is is Ed one of your friends or did you meet him online? How how does that work in the, the indie world where, you know, you're sort of by yourself and trying to find out and trying to get into this huge world of comics that, um, you know, is, is, I assume is pretty difficult to get into. Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't know him prior to beginning the project. Uh, he actually lives in Costa Rica. Um, whereas I live in the United States. So, um, I actually found his art on Twitter when I had that initial idea. I, I kind of went and immediately wrote the first issue script, kind of knowing the beats that I wanted to hit and where I wanted it to end for, for max hilarity. Um, so I was kind of running around with that in my hand, feeling very triumphant. And and I knew the the art style that I wanted. It wasn't going to work in my mind if it was something more traditional or if it was overly serious. I knew that this was a, the type of book that needed to feel like a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, so when I ran across his art online, and, and to this day I can't remember how I saw it, um, but I'm glad that I did. So I kind of sent him a message and sent him the script and you know, said, hey, you know, I really like your art. Will you please read this? It'll validate me as a human being. Um, and I, I sent that off to him. And, and for days, I didn't hear anything. And so I felt like a complete idiot. And I was like, why did I do that? You know, I ruined my chances. And and thankfully, Ed is such a nice guy. Um, he finally wrote back a couple of days later. Not only did he read the script and he said a bunch of cool things about it, um, but he actually sent back some concept art for the main characters who are Gibson and Hatch. Um, and so just being able to kind of see them on the page, I was like, this is the guy, you know, he gets it. He understands what I'm going for here. So it turns out that we actually have a really similar sense of humor um, and, and even crossing country lines, you know, we're able to make each other laugh a lot. Uh, so I think that that was really, really important to, to being able to form the series. You know, looking back on it, you always try to think, well, what if somebody else drew that? You know, especially I, I have a lot of friends who are artists and I think, you know, well, what if this guy did it? What if that guy did it? What if she did it? But you know, I know that only he could have produced what's what's there and what's been released. So um, it was a two person job. I, I wrote and I lettered the comic and he drew it and colored it. And so it was it was just us that we had to answer to. So there were way too many times where we were exchanging script pages and he was sending me art that we were just making each other laugh, essentially. That was the main goal. And if other people happened to laugh at it, too, then that was just that's the icing on the cake at that point. Yeah. Wow. What a what a crazy time we live in where you can just like find someone on Twitter, send them messages. Yeah. They're sending you artwork back and it's just like uniting the world. And even to do something like this, it's that's crazy. 
Totally. Yeah, and you know, awesome. growing up, you know, you, you read the credits for a comic book. And, and when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys kind of went through this as well. It's like you never really thought about who made the comics. They were just kind of the credits that you glance past because on the next page, Spider-Man was going to do something cool. <laughs> um, and then as you kind of get into the industry or as you get older, you start to take stock of like, oh, wow, yeah. this person has written a lot of things that I like. or This person has drawn a lot of titles that I really enjoy. Um, and so that that became something where it's like, you know, let's let's take a step back and and see that the comics community is is out there, and the internet is only making it smaller. It's it's already a pretty yeah. tight group to begin with, but it feels like like everybody's very accessible now, which is really cool. Yeah, I remember the first time I I finished reading Animal Man by Graham Morrison, and in the last issue, he even says he's like, "Thanks, Chris. I know we never really talked, and you just got my scripts." And I'm thinking, like, <laughs> what? They didn't even like sit in a room together. He's just sending yeah. him scripts, and this guy's drawing it out, and it worked. And it's like the most, the best comic I've ever read in my life. Like, how is this possible? Yeah, it's, um, it's weird. And, and thankfully, we have things like you know, uh, text messages or Facebook chat, or even if you can't yeah. get on the phone with somebody. And and I try to I try to maintain communication with all the people that I work with. I like to be accessible in case they have questions. But you know, just to know that you can actually have a conversation regardless of where you are, as long as you can play the time zone game. You know, it's you can virtually sit in a room with that person now which is fantastic mm -hmm. so <clears throat> what kind of uh of humor i guess would you say this is i mean obviously there's all different types of humor there's more adult humor there's darker humor there's silly humor uh there's like you know the quote-unquote family guy stupid humor rick and morty type things so, like what kind of humor would you say your book is um I, I guess i would say that it's very uh ridiculous irreverent over the top uh, we we have a, a lot of the humor is based on kind of different situations and, and observations that the characters make. Um, it's all very uh, there's a lot of pop culture references as well. Um, humor is subjective, so what one person thinks is hilarious, another person thinks is completely stupid. But um, you know, I think that people that enjoy you know enjoyed like spoof movies, like if you like Mel Brooks humor, if you like ah okay, movies, there you go. Love, now, you know, yeah, now you're yeah. talking my language. All right. Yeah, if, if you like the movie Airplane, you're going to like Unit 44. So, so know, it is going to be more all ages. It's not just strictly like an adult comic. It's something that like a teenager could pick up and not their parents don't have to freak out about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's completely nice clean. About it. Yeah, it's clean. That's what I was going to say. I like it. I can hand it to my kid because it has, you know, your little scrolly marks and all that kind of stuff with the bad language. So I oh, like, actually, I like seeing that in there. And Yeah, we, we don't want to, you never want to limit your audience. I, you know, I think that, I think that I have a couple of opinions on this. I think that there's a lot of books where people use swearing as a crutch. Um, for me, like, I understand if a character would actually talk that way if you're doing something that's, you know, a crime drama or you're, you're dealing with police or criminals. You know, that's sometimes that's how people talk. Um, um, but the second that you do that, you're also very limiting the the audience that might pick it up. Um, you know, I have a couple of early books that I did where people have have sworn profusely, and I've seen people at conventions pick that up, see that, and then put it back down because that's not for them. So I, you know, I try to be very conscious of the fact that I don't want to alienate anybody before they give the material an actual fair chance. Awesome. So where can people find this? Um, I know it's through Alterna. Um, it's part of their newsprint that they're doing. Um, so obviously you can get it, you know, or have your local shop order it and stuff, but is it available also digitally anywhere like on comiXology? Is it, is it, do yeah, you have yeah, a wait. website that you're selling it on by chance? Sure. Um, people can go to the easiest place is unit 44 comic.com. 
And that has previews of each issue. It has about five to six pages for free that you can read to kind of see if it's for you. It'll direct you to oh, the digital awesome. issues on Comixology. Um, also, it's uh, it's available from your local comic store. We actually didn't go the newsprint route. Oh, we okay. released it. Yeah, we did it just digitally for the issues, and then now it's available as a collected graphic novel. Gotcha, okay. Um, so if you do want it, you can walk into your store. It's still available at the distributor. They can get it for you within the week. Um, and then you, it'll look great on your shelf next to all your other funny comic books. Awesome. Yeah. I believe it's also on Amazon, too. Yeah, it is. It's on Amazon. It's on uh, Target.com. I mean, you know, you... It's, it's easily it's accessible. Right? Yeah, you type yeah. in Unit 44 to your search bar, and they're going to give you places that even I don't know that it's for sale. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so talking all about your characters, like uh, Gibson, Hatch, or even like uh, Bartlett and uh, Watkins, what were some of... Uh, um, your ideas. How did these come about? Are they people that you've met that you kind of taken drawn from that? Uh, how did how did you get these characters? Sure. Um, our main characters are are two Area Fifty One employees. Um, Agent Gibson, who is kind of this. He's a little bit newer to the job. He doesn't quite take it seriously. He's a little bit of a slacker. Um, and he's balanced out by Agent Hatch, who's kind of a veteran agent, very very straight laced by the book. Always has everything under control. And a lot of the the humor in the book is sparked by their kind of um, dichotomy between one another and how they, they react to different situations. Um, when faced with the potential disaster of the planet, um, Hatch is going to have a plan on how to save the day, and Gibson is more just kind of flying by the seat of his pants going along for the ride. So um, I guess direct inspirations, it's they're kind of an amalgamation of Hatch is a little bit of my father combined with um, some other people that I've known in my life, whereas Gibson is maybe more the approach that that I would take to certain situations. Um, the the counterpoint to them are the the rednecks who who purchase the storage unit at public auction um, and unintentionally have on their hands a bunch of alien artifacts. Um, they they're not the smartest people. They're not the sharpest tools in the sheds. The brightest crayons in the box. Uh, I spent um, I spent a little bit of time living in the, the deep south for a while, and so they are kind of more inspired by various people that I encountered during that time. So I think uh, nobody is one particular person, but they all exhibit a lot of personalities from from real people, uh, people that I, I know, people that I've spent some quality time with. So it's I can kind of pick and pick different dialogues that I know came would be said by one person or another, but I think that they all came together nicely to form hopefully well-defined characters for everybody. That's great. Yeah, I've got a, I know a few characters. There's if I ever wrote a comic book, which I don't think I ever will, I'd definitely include this character called Skittles in it. Um, but that's that's a story for <laughs> No, we want to hear about Skittles. Tell me about Skittles. Skittles oh, was an entertaining character at a Waffle House in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. yeah um, so <laughs> so Matt, Matt and I went to uh, we went to Planet Comic Con last year, which was in Kansas City, and one night I'm I, I live in Canada, and so I, we don't have Waffle House up here. So um, we were driving back to the hotel. Way less indigestion. (laughs) Yeah, we we were driving back to the hotel one night, and we see a Waffle House, and Matt's like, "Oh shit, you you don't have Waffle House, right? We should definitely go to Waffle House. (laughs) It's delicious. Have you ever been to Waffle House, Wes? I sure have. Yeah. Oh god, is it not delicious? Like, like (laughs) drunken delicious. it, it feels good, but it feels really bad. But also, every time I'm in a Waffle House, like I, there's always one person that I know, like is going to like kill me if I stay in there too long. So it's kind of, it's kind of a shady place. Yeah. Um, this one was so a little bit anyway, nicer. This one wasn't quite well, as bad. Yeah. So, so I didn't feel like, like I was in danger. The, go to the nice one. Yeah, the yeah. nice one. 
basically, Ooh. like our, our waitress was named Skittles. Okay. And um, she had some misconceptions on what Canada is. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she, first of all, she thought it was named Canadia. And um, she tried to show off her how good she is at French by saying um, she... <laughs> gracias how's that for French <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah just, uh... It, it was just crazy um, she was really yeah she was really something else she and, was um, a character that would definitely be one of those scenes in a comic book that's just like a super random scene that I, I would definitely have to include her but again I'll never get around to because I think writing a comic book um, it, it's something I always think about but it definitely is something that's hard to do and sit down and finally get you know through it especially you know finding an artist which you know even through Twitter I'm sure I, I'd have a hard time so I mean it's well, a pretty big accomplishment to get a you know four issues a whole graphic novel out it is you know I, I actually going through this process and I have a couple of, of miniseries and graphic novels under my belt at this point but you know I, I have so much respect for anybody who can produce a comic, whether that's five pages, 10 pages, 22 pages, or, you know, hundreds. But, you know, anytime I go to a convention, Artist Alley, you know, even if it's somebody's first book, it's like, you really have to give people kudos because it's, it's so hard. It's like you said, to find an artist and find an artist that'll commit and actually finish the book. It's, it's not an easy feat. And, um, you know, you develop good relationships and hopefully those artists stick with you and, and help you develop for other ideas. But, you know, do, you know, don't don't not do it because you think it's hard. If it was easy, everyone would make comics. But, you know, if it's something that you're passionate about, you should absolutely just give it a shot. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, maybe someday. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier <laughs> you read uh, you read a bunch of indie comics when you were sort of getting into comic books. So what were I mean, what were some of the books that stood out to you as you were you know growing up and delving into this industry and discovering all the awesome stuff that's out there. Sure, sure. Um, I, I had a comic book shop that was uh, right up the, the road from where my dad worked in, here in the, the city where I live. Um, and I had started off purchasing comics just at the drugstore. They had a spinner rack, and you could get, like, G.I. Joe comics, and you could get the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle adventure comics that were kind of loosely adapted from the TV show at the time. And so that was kind of, like, my starting point. Um, and of course, you know, I watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on TV. That was something I enjoyed. And so it was like, oh, you know, this is cool. I can get it a couple different ways. Um, and then and then one day my dad said, well, you know, you seem to like these comic books. There's actually this store just up the block that that's all they sell is comics. And so I he took me in there one day and it just blew my mind. You know, I was probably in third or fourth grade at that point. Um, and so I just started going there all the time. I mean, I didn't even realize that comics only came out once a week. So I would go into the store like every <laughs> other day and just be like, what's new? And I'd be like, nothing this time. But, um, but it, you know, I went there for, for years and years and years. And so I really developed a good relationship with the fellows who ran it. Um, and so they started to kind of branch out. This is right around the time too, that the image comics was starting. So they were starting to kind of get into other genres and, and go outside of the Marvel DC box. I mean, I was reading, you know, Spider-Man and Daredevil and that type of thing. But it, it was it was cool, but it wasn't necessarily me. I had a weird sense of humor and wanted something that was kind of reflective of that. Uh, so I, I very vividly remember the day that they said, well, you know, you know, I'd come in for like the fourth time that week. And they're like, we got to give this kid something. We got to stay open. You know, let's sell him something. So I remember that they, they said, well, let me show you this comic you might like. It's called The Tick. And I was like, oh, this sounds cool. It's kind of a superhero thing. And it was black and white. And, you know, it was a little bit different and kind of grimy. Yeah. I was like, okay, let me check this out. And so that was a series that I really fell in love with. Um, but the one, I still remember, the one that made me actually want to make comics was a comic book called Scud the Disposable Assassin. 
which was uh, from Fireman Press, created by Rob Schraub, who later went on to do a lot of quirky stuff with with Dan Harmon. Um, but that was that was my that's my favorite comic of all time, and and so that was something that they really made me say, this is a, a comic that's completely insane. That every page has somebody getting shot in the head. And, you know, the dialogue is really silly. The pacing is super fast. It's not like anything I've ever seen. This is this is the kind of book that I would want to make. So that's always been kind of my my guiding light as far as when I'm not sure what I really want to do. I, I have a I have all the issues collected into this giant trade paperback now. So I kind of break that open once a year and try to refresh myself on the the silliness that comics can be. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, I think that's where I found the most fun in reading comics now is, is trying to get out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you have, so what's, what's in the works right now? What are you, uh, you seem like a guy who doesn't stop. So what's, um, (laughs) (laughs) what's on, what's on the paper now? Yeah, I've got man, I've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, it's sometimes it gets to be crazy to kind of keep track of it all. Um, uh, just just the other week actually, I released the first issue of another a new series that I'm doing. It's called uh, it's called Edison, and it's actually about the inventor Thomas Alva Edison, inventor of the light bulb, amongst many other things. It's kind of a um, envisioning him if he was James Bond and MacGyver in the late 1880s. So it's him as sort of an action hero, and he has to use his intelligence and ingenuity to defeat other evil scientists, more or less. It's a really random kind of crazy idea. Um, so that's up on Comixology, and I also self-published the first issue in print, which is available on my website, uh, which is westloker.com, all one word. Um, and, and so that's kind of weird. I'm hoping people will, will kind of get into that. And you, you kind of have to be into science a little bit. There's, I did a lot of research and put a lot of thought into it, but at the end of the day, it's still very zany. Um, in addition to that, I have, uh, I actually have another project with Ed from from Unit Forty Four. Um, we shortly after we finished that series, we created another book, um, which is it's it's another humorous comedy, but it's set in a fantasy world, kind of a sword and sorcery type setting, um, and it's called Chaotic Good. And the gist behind that is that um, an evil sorcerer is attacking the lands, and there are these these two young twins that attempt to resurrect history's greatest warrior to defeat him. But in the process, they accidentally resurrect his slacker brother instead, and they have to get him to save the world. So it's kind of a, another comedy of errors. And, and we did a few pages of that. It's actually under consideration with a, a publisher right now. So I'm hoping to, to get a green light or a red light on that within the next couple of weeks. Um, but in addition to that, because I don't sleep and I don't stop, um, <laughs> I, I, have a, I have another series that's uh, kind of a, a sci-fi dark comedy. It's a little bit more uh, adult, and it's a series called Awry that I'm working on with an artist named Graham Jarvis, and we're actually about to go into production on the fourth and final issue of that. Um, and that's um, about a group of astronauts who are exploring a, a black hole. Everything goes wrong, and rather than send a satellite into the black hole, they accidentally send themselves into the black hole, and everything that happens from that. So that'll probably be coming out soon um, when I can find a publisher for that. And then uh, the last thing, because again, not sleeping. Um, is, wow. Is, uh, <laughs> I'm working on the the second issue right now. Is in production of a mini series called that's uh, called Bug Slugger, and it's a it's a n- tribute to the 1990s. And the artist for that, his name is Loch Ness, and hilarious guy. And the gist is is that um, when crickets cricket monsters start attacking the city, um, only a 
mysterious hero armed with a magical slap bracelet can stop them. Yes. <laughs> so I think that's that's the complete plate at the moment. So everything's kind of in a, in a different stage of completion, but I like to try to put out at least one mini series a year in a desperate attempt to stay relevant. So that should hopefully last me for at least the next four years right there. Wow. So I got to say, man, how long have you been doing Because you look rather young. So either <laughs> you're just very blessed or... I, I just got a really good complexion. Yeah, really good. I, would say, I would say the genes are the blessing. I, I would say that I look very deceptively young. Um, but I've been doing comics since... Um, I think my first work came out in 2012. So I've been, I've oh, been nice. hitting it nonstop since then. Wow, well, congratulations, man. A lot of that actually sounds right up my alley. I love those weird kind of zany, like yeah. you said, Saturday morning cartoon-style books. Um, right. Like, have you ever read uh, Superhuman Resources by Ken Marcus? Nope. Love it, absolutely. Y- yes, okay. That is like one of my all-time <laughs> favorite books ever. Um, yeah. um, me and Ken, we actually got to meet Ken in D.C. not too long ago and go out and have drinks with him and stuff. And I absolutely cool. love Ken. He's a super cool guy. Um, so yeah, like I said, I was just actually kind of flipping through unit 44 cause I haven't had a chance to see any of it yet. And, uh, it kind of sort of reminded me a little bit like the same kind of zany style that you were kind of referring to, um, Absolutely. as superhuman resources. And so that made me, that made me very giddy. I, I like that style and it sounds like you're putting out a lot of stuff that's right up my alley. So the thing that I always think about too is like you know I, I do a lot of conventions and and when I walk up and down Artist Alley I always like to ask their people you know what is this about because I like to kind of get their elevator pitch you know you should be able to hook somebody with you know just one or two sentences and and a lot of times I hear these ideas like there there are some fantastic ideas out there don't get me wrong but there are also a lot of things that I feel like I've heard before like and I feel like if I go down the line of an Artist Alley I can hear a very similar pitch on like five out of ten tables. And so for me as a creator, I always try to think like, what's something that I can tell somebody that they won't have heard before? Like what's something that's going to stick in their mind or, or make them want to purchase the book on the spot for unit 44. Um, I, you know, I have great record of selling that hand selling that to people at conventions, because as soon as I tell them the pitch, they laugh at it. And it's like, well, if you laughed at those two sentences, imagine now 88 pages of that story, you're going to at least get uh, some good entertainment value while you're on the toilet reading this comic yeah. book. Well, one of the cool things just listening to all your ideas is you, you're sort of, they sound like really fun, but they've also got like that whole aspect of these are like some of these things may be conspiracy theories people think about and those always hook people like people yeah. just love that that element. So as soon as you add a book, you add that into a book, it, it, it sounds good. And I mean, you've got so much variety too in terms of the projects you're working on, like that's 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 crazy yeah well, I'm, I, I feel like an idiot for saying what i said rusty <laughs> i'm definitely i definitely should write a comic <laughs> you should man you everybody should give it a shot why not right yeah. um what's interesting too is i always try to think about like the crossover of the comic because when you go to promote a book you not only have like the comic book websites that you target but you have the potential to reach a whole different audience depending on kind of what your story is and what your genre is Uh, Thankfully, when we first released Unit 44, the issues actually came out back in 2015 through Alterna when we did it digitally. And the thing that we saw was that not only were the comic book sites reviewing it, but we were also getting a lot of attention from storage unit websites. People who it's, – it's this huge industry, and I didn't really know anything about it, but I started to research it more and more. But there are a ton of uh, websites out there. You know, Think of all the storage units that are in the world. Uh, a lot of them maintain websites, and a lot of them actually have blogs where they talk about the biggest news in self-storage, which wow. I know sounds completely ridiculous. 
but they're all looking for content. So suddenly I started getting all these interview requests from people that ran like self-storage blogs. So I got in really good with those guys. Um, it even got to the point where we got the attention of the people on Storage Wars themselves. Um, and and I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but kind of the two main mm-hmm. auctioneers are this is a, a couple named Dan and, and Laura Dotson. And uh, they actually reached out to us. And, and if you crack open the comic book, you'll actually see that Dan Dotson was drawn into the book which he, he personally requested and, and gave us a little bit of funding to kind of help out the book. So he is fully featured there. So when people say that looks like him, it actually is him. And, and he knows that it's there, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, now that's I keep really waiting awesome. though. I, I want them on the show in like a future <laughs> season to open up a storage unit and there just be stacks of Unit 44. Like that, that's what I'm waiting for. That's the reason <laughs> that would be hilarious. that I want, but that hasn't happened yet, unfortunately. Yeah, that is epic. Wow. Oh man! So you said you do a lot of conventions. Um, yeah. Do you have any upcoming conventions that you want to throw out there? I don't. I'll tell you why. I, I just recently moved, and I, I lived in Florida for the last fifteen years, and now I live in Ohio. And when I arrived here in Ohio, I, I arrived shortly after all the conventions for the year had already booked up and sold out, essentially for exhibitor spots. So. Uh, I've been going to a few here and there. I've been doing a lot of signings at local stores, but I will actually be doing all those conventions in the 2018 season. So I have nothing at the moment. It's just going to be me sitting here in the dark, practicing my uh, my spiel to my cats as they pass by. <laughs> like, hey, you want to buy this book? And the cat's like, uh, I heard it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll rip the page a little bit, but that's yeah. about it. <laughs> I will put my teeth marks into it and make sure that your my cat hair goes out to with every package that you send. I always worry because they, it always gets in the tape of the packages when people order books online. And I'm like, what if they're allergic? And I worry about stupid things like that. Well, I, we always ask this to whatever creator we have on the show. Um, you know, you seem really busy, so I think I already know the answer. Um, are there any comics that you're still currently reading that you keep up with or creators you follow? Yeah, uh, I, I, I read digitally. Because when I lived in Florida, I didn't have a comic book shop for I had to drive like hours to get to one. So yeah. I started to just do the the iPad thing and get them on there. Um, now I actually do have shops, which is a little bit nicer. Um, but so I, I do read a lot. I don't read often, so I'll usually like end up buying hundreds of titles and then I have to set aside like a chunk of time to go and catch up on stuff. So I'm trying to think of of what I really like at the moment. Um, some of the series that they really grab me within, and if I'll go to like the past year, because that's kind of where I am with things. Um, one of the writers I really, really enjoy, his name is Ryan Ferrier, and he's responsible for the Dave series, which came out through IDW. It was Dave, Dave 2, and Daveocracy was the last part. Um, kind of very silly type of humor as well, so I'd recommend that to anybody that, that might be looking for things in that vein. Um, what else did I read? I read, there's a series, and here's, here's kind of a funny story. I went to uh, the New York Comic Con back in 2013. And I was waiting to talk to uh, a creator who I had a mutual friend with. And right beside his table was the table for Charles Soule, who, who writes mm. a lot of Marvel books right now. Yeah. Um, and, and this was right at the time when Unit 44 was first coming out. And so as I'm waiting to talk to this guy, I look over and I see on Charles's table, and Charles is, is not there, but there's a book called The Letter 44. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. That's <laughs> that shares half the title with my comic book. Well, you know, there's no way that this thing is about aliens. So I pick it up and I leaf through it. I'm like, oh, it's totally about aliens. This is great. Yeah. Um, but I actually read it. Like I read the whole series. It just came to an end a couple months ago, and I thought that was a really strong, really poignant type series. So if people like serious sci-fi, I, I'd recommend that they they track that down as well. Um, 
you know, there, there's a hundred things that I'm not thinking of right now. I, I really like all of the um, comics coming out from Alterna. And I'm not just saying that because I'm kind of in that family. I was actually a fan of them before I ever had a chance to publish with them. Um, so some of the there's a book that's coming out right now called Trespasser, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is absolutely phenomenal. The artist on that is a fellow named Christian Rossi, who is somebody that um, I did a graphic novel with a couple of years ago and then did uh, a one shot as well. So he and I kind of have a history and he's just continued to get better and better. And that that comic is also about aliens, oddly enough. So I have a one track mind. Um, but go check that out. There's also another great book coming out through them right now called Mother Russia, uh, which is a, a book about uh, World War II and zombies. So if you like either of those things, you're going to really dig that. Um, but any any of their newsprint titles, pick them up, you know, spend the dollar fifty and be transported to a cool new world for a little while. You yeah. really honestly can't go wrong. Yeah. So you're, you're a deep diver. You're in yeah. the, uh, the deepest depths of indie comic books. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I mean, I really honestly at this point, I don't read much marvel in dc a lot of it is is the is cost prohibitive honestly uh, a lot of times i can i can get a marvel book for you know four or five dollars where i can get a couple of indie titles again you know right. this is this is digitally on comiXology where your money goes a little bit further um so yeah if i can only read one comic book i'm i'm not going to do that i'm going to read four different ones instead so it, you know i'm very open to recommendations too a lot of my artist friends are, you know, they follow certain artists and they'll recommend things to me a lot that I'll check out. Um, there's, there's a comic, uh, that one of my buddies referred me to, it's called Extremity, which is coming out from Image. Uh, that's, that's a good book. I've only read a couple of the issues. I'm a little bit behind. Um, I don't necessarily know what's happening in the story, but the art is just phenomenal. It's just one of those books that I can just like pour over every little detail. And it's nice to have those too. Yeah, um, I think I'd recommend this to I've, I'd recommend this to a few people, but I think you'd really like. Um, maybe you've already read it, Atomic Robo. Oh yeah, yeah, is a, totally. Yeah, love it's it. amazing. I love that. I yeah. love the, I love those guys and what they're doing. Me too, it's, and and it's very. It's I consider that like definitely in the same vein as Unit Forty Four. And the cool thing is, is that they have a lot of that, if not all of it, available for free online now. So. You know, yeah. if, if you've heard of Atomic Robo and you've heard that it's silly and, and kind of crazy and you want to get into it, um, Google it and go onto their site and you can read a ton of it for free. Yeah, it reminded me of like a, a, a sci-fi version of Hellboy because it was yeah. like fun but but serious and the artwork was really was really sharp and uh, it's great. Yeah, and, I highly recommend and, that. And the science in that book. I'm kind of a science nerd and it's all yeah. pretty legit. So it's they've really yeah. done their homework. But yeah, do you, you guys have any other recommendations? I would love to hear them. Since you've already stuff, read you Superhuman Resources. <laughs> what else? Um, yeah, what's, what's, what's your... I, okay, well, book? actually, I'm going to have to throw out there. Um, it's a book that's now been finished, but um, God Hates Astronauts. Love it. Fantastic. Okay. Ryan Brown. Yes. <laughs> and then the only other one is Charles Soule and Ryan, Br- and Ryan Brown, which is Curse Words. Curse Words. Yep. yep. Also a good one. Yeah, I, uh, I highly recommend all of those as well. I hate Fairyland. I don't know. Now I'm just trying to think of awesome yeah. stuff. The, the I, I one like that's out right now. A lot. Yeah, the one that's out right now that I'm really enjoying is Kill the Minotaur. Have you have you read that one at all yet? I, I haven't. I feel like I heard of it in passing. What's like the what's the very open ended gist of it? I'm gonna write Basic, it down. Well, basically, it's image. It's by uh, Chris uh, Passetto. Um, basically, you know, Greek mythology, the Minotaur. And it's so well written and drawn and inked and everything. It's just I I can't put it down. Very cool. Yeah. the The only other thing I think I'd recommend, and again, for whatever reason, it's it's goofy and funny as well. Is I'm sure maybe you've read it. Chew. Chew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
God, I just finished that, and it was one of the craziest, most fun series. I couldn't put it down. I just could not stop reading that book. It's so it's a good. good. One. I, I haven't finished the series yet. I think I only have maybe three or four of the trade paperbacks, so I'm a little bit behind. Um, but now that it's it's actually done, I can't wait to read it all in one sitting. Yeah. I'm over here trying to think of like newer stuff. I've been diving into all my like omnibuses and stuff, so I haven't really been reading much newer stuff. I've been reading a lot of older stuff. Yeah, I, I'd like to do that too. I mean, one of my favorite writers is is Brian K. Vaughn, who you know you really can't go wrong with him. There, there's a reason that he wins all of the writing awards and all the Eisners mm-hmm. every year. I mean, Saga is fantastic, but even more than that, like my favorite series by him is actually Ex Machina. Um, which I don't know if you ever had a chance to read that, but that's that's super interesting and and um, you know it's, it's very of the times I guess right around the time of the September 11th attacks, so it it kind of touches on that a little bit. Really, just fantastic book. Yeah, uh, yeah, Brian Kevon's always a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll just I'll read the last issue of Why the Last Man just to get emotional. Yeah, just to feel yeah. human once in a while. <laughs> just to make sure you can feel feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm cold this week, man. Maybe I should read this issue again. Yeah, that's it's good to have stuff like yeah. that. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. that's a phenomenal series as well. Something that you know, yeah. especially people that want to make comics. One of that's definitely a series that, you know, every every. Brian K. Vaughn issue is like clinic in comic book storytelling. I mean, if you want to learn about structure, you want to learn about pacing. That's my advice on who people should go to. Yeah. Last horn I'm going to toot. Joe the Barbarian. Yes. Reread that this past weekend. Oh, uh-huh. my God. I'm not what are... Who is that by? I'm not familiar with that. Graham Morrison? Oh, okay. Wait, is this a bit? Is this like a... It's, oh, okay. It's crazy. <laughs> so it's it's Graham Morrison and uh, Sean Murphy on artwork. Awesome. Oh, man. It, it's amazing. So I'm I'll give you the elevator pitch. I'll give you yeah, the elevator. Yeah. Pitch. I'm a little hit or miss on Morrison sometimes, so yeah, yeah. I oh this this, this is a hit. This is yeah, okay. this one's this a, a hit. hit. So it's basically about a kid named Joe. Um, who has his his mom's a single mom, and um, he basically has like I forget it. I forget what it's called. He has, he he goes hypoglycemic. He probably has like really bad diabetes or something. And the whole book basically is him going from his room in the attic to the kitchen to get basically a, a, a can of soda okay <laughs> um and while that's happening he's going hypoglycemic so he's hallucinating he's in this fantasy world he has a pet rat that becomes this like rat warrior with this huge Gosh. sword and oh it's so good it's yeah so it, good. it's a lot of cutting in and out of like real world versus like okay. this fantasy world that he's hallucinating and it's a lot of like going back and forth but it's very um it touches the heart like it, it hits okay. the feels like it's it's really it's like, good yeah, it's only like seven issues or something like that too. So it's not, you know, you're not going to be there for weeks reading it. But no, sure, sure. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Um, I'll put that on the list. The last yeah. one that I'm actually really excited about because they just started putting out new issues again. Uh, Nicholas Scott, Greg Rucka, Black Magic. I, you know, I read the first issue of it, really oh, liked it, and then forgot so about good. it completely until yeah. just now. They came out with like five or six issues, and then it was gone for like a year because Nicholas Scott okay. was working on Wonder Woman. Um, and well, uh, so was Greg Rucka actually, they were both, <laughs> but they've now since left wonder woman and, right. uh, they're, they're back doing black magic and it is such an amazing book. Okay. I'll, I'll so go back good. to that one for sure. I really liked the first issue. Now I remember it was at least the first issue was black and white. Did it stay like that or did it turn into a color book after that? Or I don't, or am I completely crazy in saying this? I'm trying to remember. It's been like a year since I read the first six okay. issues. Um, I want to say it stayed black and white. I don't think it changed. Okay. Um, but the seventh issue either just dropped or is about to drop. I don't know. I'm super excited though. Cause it's, it was gone for like a year 
and it was such a good book i really like supernatural type stuff though too Mm -hmm. so that's kind of right up my alley as well but yeah I'm kind of anyway. like that, though, when people, you know, they, they do a book and then they take a little bit of time off because then it makes you miss it and it doesn't oh, feel yeah. like – if a book comes out all the time, it's easy to, like, forget why it's good. Yep. But, you know, like, when you have something that takes breaks like that or, or Saga, it's like it, it pops back in. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember why I buy comic books now. Yes. I'm with you. So does anybody else have any more questions for Wes? I am good. Not all yeah. at once, everybody. One at a time. One at a time. Single <laughs> yeah, file. I was, to, I was gonna say, guys, check him out on. Just go on Comicsology. You can search him up, uh, Wes Locker, L O C H E R. Um, you'll see a whole bunch of stuff he's done. For whatever reason, you're credited for a title named Scissor Sisters. I don't know if you've actually done any any work on that title. Or... I I I lettered that title actually. I do. Gotcha. I do a little bit of comic book lettering on the side for some friends um, or some certain publishers. And so no, I I didn't write that, but I did letter it. It's it's a really good book actually. It's time yeah. travel. It's it's a little bit crazy, but yeah, comicsology is great. A lot of my uh, older stuff is is relatively um, cheap on there. You can get uh, like a, a crime issue four-issue series I did called Chambers a few years back. Uh, I also like to recommend, if you like time travel, there's a one-shot available there called The Temporal, uh, which is pretty interesting. Or if you want something else zany, pick up the one-shot I did with Tyler Kelting called Hipsters vs. Rednecks. Yes, that sounds epic. <laughs> I hate them time. both. It sounds epic. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta see. It's, it's what happens after following the apocalypse when the only two factions left are the hipsters and the rednecks, and they're battling for control of the last city, New Brooklyn. Oh, that sounds epic. Um, oh, there's your weekend reading right there. Yeah, done. Done. Yeah. I'll hit you up as soon as I get done with everything. <laughs> no, well, cool, guys. Awesome. I really appreciate you asking great questions and, and letting me chat for a little bit. Hopefully I didn't blab your ears off it's getting kind of late at night i was drinking coffee a little bit ago trying to stay like fully functional (laughs) no man you were great you were you were fantastic thank you sometimes like i I would wait until i saw you guys start to glaze over and then i was like all right bring it in for a landing no i've just had to keep muting my mic because my wife and children are watching tv in another room and you can hear it so i kept trying to like mute it when i'm not talking so then like when i would try to say something i would hit the mute button but it wouldn't unmute and so i'm like god damn it's like hitting like the unmute button numerous times to try to interject while i still could but people don't understand the the struggle that podcasters go through. I mean, right? so much respect to you guys for for playing that mute button. <laughs> I tried. We don't even. <laughs> none of us even. The three of us don't even edit this thing. I don't even want to know what what Alex goes through. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to carry the the hard work, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. But no, man, you were fantastic. Thank you very much, and I'm yeah, very so very much. excited to actually check your stuff out. Thanks um, for your time. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, you know, drop me a, a message somewhere on social media or your email or whatever, and let me know what you thought of the series. I, I hope you do check it out, and I hope you like it. Yeah, you'll, definitely. You'll at least, do. if you've laughed so hard that you like shoot soda out your nose, then I've done my job. <laughs> That's all I can ask for. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll have a I'll have a recording ready the whole time, so it'll be a nice video clip. There you go. <laughs> Maybe you all get together so you can shoot the soda the furthest or something. Thank you